0: private notes, there's a couple different ways to do it, but essentially it's uh, lending and most of the time being secured by property, sometimes not, and getting a return on your investment. And there's a couple different ways you can do that. Welcome. This is the Hot Real Estate Investing Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping others through real estate investing. Our hosts interview guests from all aspects of real estate investing who generously share valuable experiences and advice, whether you're starting out or an experienced investor this is the show for you
1: how's it going my name is travis shelton and welcome to the hot real estate investing podcast where i interview guests who want to help others investing in real estate we keep these podcasts quick and full of value thank you so much for tuning in today looking forward to a great conversation with our guest today and this is actually a re-recording we had such a great episode uh and we got into one specific conversation regarding something called the cash flow quadrant that we decided to re-record and just focus on that so it's my pleasure to introduce Jason Gilmore an unpublished author and host of the Freedom Meetup in Phoenix Jason thanks for joining me today buddy
0: hey thanks Charles I really appreciate you having uh having me on and redoing this like you said this is a re-record and I'm really excited to really focus in our conversation and and make it even higher value to everybody listening.
1: Yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, So to get us going, Jason, can you give our audience maybe your 30 to 60 second elevator pitch a little bit about yourself and your involvement in real estate? I'm a
0: career public safety professional. Uh, A few years ago, a little over three years ago now, I was able to uh, leave the world of the nine to five after being introduced to real estate and uh, I've been able to grow that side of it, grow that portfolio. I've gone the last three and a half years without having a full-time job, which uh, I've taken uh, good pride in. Um, I, as far as the real estate side go, we've really focused on uh, growing our portfolio. Now we've got, I mean, we've got such a variety. We're very diversified. We've got long-term rental. We've got a couple short-term rentals. We have land. We have private notes. We have own businesses. We actually just closed on our first commercial unit last week too. Uh, so we've got some big plans with that. So <clears throat> I love the diversification that we have in in real estate. And I'm excited to share that and talk about that as we kind of dive into the cash flow quadrant today.
1: Awesome. And uh, as you know, we start all our shows off with some motivation. So what's the motivational quote you brought to share today?
0: So my favorite quote, and it's actually in the signature line of one of my email accounts uh, that we'll talk about a little bit later, but uh, it's actually from Melody Hobson. And it says, the biggest risk of all is not taking one. And I think that's such a powerful quote to Small risk has small reward. Big risk has big reward, but no risk has no reward. And I think reminding yourself of that and just knowing that you have to do something. You got to take action to get started. It's going to be a risky. Anything you do outside of what you're comfortable with is going to be a risk, but looking at what it can do for you and and seeing success in, in yourself as you go through and other people that you surround yourself with, is just so powerful.
1: I love that quote. Man, I mean it and it's it's so true. You got to get out there and get out of your comfort zone and and take risks in your life. Um and and usually your big, biggest successes are from those those biggest risks like you said. So Thanks for sharing Very that. Much so. that's, I don't know, Melody. I, I haven't heard that. Is that from a book or, or where kind of did that come from?
0: Honestly, I have no idea. It's just a quote that I heard. I uh, I want to give credit to the original author of it. I have no idea where it comes from. Don't know if it's from a book. It's just a quote I've heard over the years that I've really, uh, really latched on to. All
1: right. Nice. Well, hey... um, now, you mentioned a little bit about how you got started, but I wanted to dive in a little bit there because you have a great story. So tell us, how did you get started in real estate investing, Jason?
0: So I actually got started uh, back in 2018, and I was at a wedding, and I was ended up hanging out with a guy that I'd known for many years. Uh, my wife was in the wedding party. His wife was sick and unable to be there, so him and I just naturally hung out. Turns out he owned like eight or nine units at the time. And he started telling me about uh, bigger pockets and real estate investing. And I always thought it was this big grand thing that people did when they were really wealthy and that just turned out to not be the case. And so after that wedding, I dove dove in headfirst into bigger pockets. I listened to any episode that I could find and uh, joined the communities, joined the the forums, just got on there, got involved. And about 18 months later, we bought our first rental property. And now I just talked a minute ago about... uh, a lot of things that we've done and that's honestly been in just over three years. All of that has, uh, that portfolio has grown in just over three years.
1: Yeah. That's pretty quick. Um, so maybe changing gears a little bit, I know we've had, J- uh, Jake on before Jake Kane, who's your partner, uh, yep. with the freedom meetup. So can you tell our audience a little bit more about the freedom meetup and kind of what you guys focus on?
0: Yeah. So the freedom meetup, as you can see from my shirt here, <laughs> The Freedom Meetups, a financial and real estate education meetup, it actually is a, a. I'll give you credit here; it's a spinoff of, of your original meetup uh, before Hot REI was even a thing. But we will. Uh, we wanted to bridge the gap of the financial and real estate education worlds, and how real estate is really fueled by financial literacy, financial education, financial. I'll say financial freedom, but I say that from a. No debt, low expenses, all of that, and obviously we use real estate education to get to true financial independence, financial freedom, where you don't have to work the nine to five jobs, and your your income, your passive income, or uh, your self employed income, business income exceeds your your expenses, and you've reached that true uh, fire level. So we meet up, we meet once a month in uh, the Phoenix area, and we just we get together just like you do. We provide as much value as we can. We love bringing people in to talk about every aspect of financial education and real estate, and but we also focus on networking because as we talked about with the story and how I got started, and I'm sure we'll talk about more as we go through the the episode today. It's all about who you surround yourself with and the conversations that you're having and you really do grow into the conversations happening around you.
1: Oh yeah. Couldn't agree more. And I think we've, we've highlighted that with a few episodes, you know, Jake himself, Vince that we've had on here that, you know, people that come to our meetups and how much value that, uh, these meetups and, and just connecting with other real estate investors, you never know who your, might your next partner might not might be, or might not be, um, and, uh, where you might be able to go, or maybe what, Real estate venture you find yourself within. And so I know that's kind of the focus of today's talk is that diversification. And so let's kind of go to the main topic today. And Jason, how can you help our audience of real estate investors?
0: My biggest thing is just teaching on diversification. And we've talked about it a little bit already diversifying yourself, diversifying your investments. There's a lot of people that they get into, they learn about certain niches, whether that be. Uh, Wholesaling or flipping or long-term rentals or short-term rentals or notes or whatever it is, and they they really hone in on one niche, and that's just not my style. I've always I've always been kind of a jack of all trades, and uh, it diversification can be such a powerful tool because it can a help you scale faster. Um, it can help you learn about new things, new opportunities, new ways of investing, new ways of making money uh, that you may not have known about. Um, but when people niche on something they get into a long term rental and they get fed up with the tenant calls at three AM or they have a bad roof or whatever happens, too many people give up and they don't realize that there's so many other ways to make money. There's so many other ways to invest. There's so many other things that you can do. And I look I look at it more as I want to try a bunch of different things and figure out what I like best. And you know what? Sometimes it's multiple things. As we talked about already, we've got several different kinds of investments and I love having it that way. I don't want to be a a one-trick pony. I want to have uh I want to make money in a lot of different ways and we do that through diversification.
1: And there's some value in making money different ways, right? Like having a W2 and having active earned income, there's value, right? Like lenders love those people where On the you know investor side and if you don't have a w-2 or have active income it's difficult to qualify for loans right so maybe let's dive in a little bit to what is the cash flow quadrant um you know what where do you invest within the cash flow quadrant and then maybe we can educate our get our audience a little bit on you know what what the heck we're talking about and for those of you guys listening i'll throw my hat on to help kind of steer this conversation we'll also add some graphics. Uh, to the show. So be sure to check us out on YouTube at Hot Real Estate Investing. Um, but let's talk Let's talk cash flow quadrant, Jay. What
0: the cash flow quadrant is, is it breaks up ways of making money into four quadrants, hence the name cash flow quadrant. You've got your ES, B, and I. On the left side of the quadrant is your E and S, which is employee and self-employed. And that's basically the left side of the quadrant is where you're working for money. You're trading your time for money. Whether it's you are doing it for somebody else to a job, or you are self-employed like a real estate agent or mortgage broker, or somebody who's doing a job and you're making money with that, but not necessarily from a W-2 perspective. On the flip side of that, on the right side, you have your B and your I, and this is where your money is working for you. So you got your B, which is your business owner. That means you own systems, you own kind of a business where you've got other people and systems working for you making you money rather than you having to do work yourself. That doesn't mean necessarily that you're completely out of it and you're not doing it at all but your, your money is scaled by leveraging systems and people and resources other than yourself. The last of the quadrant is the I quadrant or the investor quadrant and that is when you are truly passive. You're putting your money out there into an investment and it's making you money. Now that could be something as simple as the stock market. That could be, uh, up to private notes. That could be limited partners and syndications. There's a lot of different ways that you can have your money grow without you being involved in it in any way. So it's again, it's just a way of looking at the, how you can make money and how you can make your money work for you. And when you change your mindset around all of that, it's really powerful when you start looking at the big picture and seeing what opportunities are out there.
1: So just to orient everyone again, I think the big picture is on the left side, you really want to go from the left side to the right side of the cash flow quadrant, uh, where you go from uh, your time equals money. To other people's time equals money. And then you want to go from the top to the bottom of the cash flow quadrant um, if at all possible. So really with that ultimate goal being in that I quadrant and being able to fully just receive passive income and have your money making more money. Um, but to me, there is huge value in earning, you know, potentially in all four quadrants of the cash flow quadrant. I currently Um, and my wife invests in all four quadrants we have w-2s we have some self-employment we have business income and we also have passive income but with that goal of we're trying to transition and shift everything to that full i quadrant so and i know jason Describe a little bit of your real estate investments and kind of where they fit within the cash flow quadrant, just to give people a better sense of of what we're talking about today.
0: Just like you and, and your wife, myself and and my wife, and and even me personally, um, have income from all four quadrants. Um, I I can't sit idle. It drives me nuts to sit idle. I've always got to be doing something, um, and if it makes me money, even better. So. Um on the left side of it on the ESB I do have uh some W2 income I do have some self-employment contract work income um but the focus of that and the focus of this conversation is really on that right side of the the cash flow quadrant so the B and the I so from the B side business side uh, we do have uh, a couple businesses um, we currently actually own a party bus uh which is uh, just a fun side hustle business that we own but we leverage other people we leverage drivers we we have leverage from that, so that is a, a business ownership. Our short-term rentals, we actually also leverage property management for that. So outside of some financial tracking and maybe I don't know, maybe two, three hours a month that I uh, spend doing anything related to the cabins, that's uh, really super passive uh, for us. So we've leveraged that property management. We've leveraged those teams um, to kind of run all of that for us, uh, which has been great because We've talked to, we've talked offline a lot. I don't want to deal with guests. I don't want to deal with the questions. I've got so much other stuff going on that it, let them handle it. So that's what they that's what they do. They do it very well. As far as the eye goes and the investment, uh, we do have uh, several uh, uh, passive investments, uh, primarily in private notes. Uh, I know we're focusing a lot on the, the cash flow quadrant, but we'll talk. I'll just talk real briefly on private notes. Uh, private notes. There's a couple different ways to do it, but essentially it's. Uh, lending and most of the time being secured by property, sometimes not, and getting a return on your investment. And there's a couple different ways you can do that. We're not going to get into that on today's episode, but um, basically investing your money with somebody else that's going to put that money to work. And that's just, we call mailbox money. It's money that shows up every, every month. Not anymore, it's automatic transfer money, but the mailbox money sounds more catchy. Uh, so it's, it's money that's just coming to us every month. It's just our money working to grow. It's our money making more money. So that's how we've diversified through the cash flow quadrant. And, and we hope to scale each one of those as the years go on.
1: I really love this conversation because I think so often we hear niche to get rich and, and there's a lot of truth with that. And there's there's a lot of great things with being focused and Focusing all your efforts on one thing, but to your earlier point, you know, if, if, if I were to fail at a long-term rental or my first short-term rental, um, and stopped, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today, but each one of those little failures or even those little successes allows you to be that much better with your next investment or your next opportunity. Or you can take something from that, you know, long-term rental experience and transition it to a short-term rental experience or even a multifamily, uh, property. So, um, that's why I really thought this conversation was, was so vital. So I want to kind of change the question now, Jason. So if you were to have it to do it all over again, right? You're three, four years into this real estate investing world or financial freedom. Um, What maybe would you do different? Would you start with one niche over another niche? Would you do it all the same? Is there maybe a a more logical uh, stepwise approach or just let's talk about for a new investor, where should they get started? I don't
0: know that I would do anything differently. Um, And the, well, I mean, there's opportunities I've passed on over the years that I wish I hadn't. I would do that a little differently, but I think we we can all say that. Um, my big thing is cash flow, and that's what I want for my investments. That's why I love uh, I love our long-term rental because we bought... Actually, it's an out-of-state uh, long-term rental. We inherited a tenant. We've had the tenant for three and a half years, Um Fun fact on that rental, as we've talked about, I actually owned that property for one thousand and eighty six days before I ever saw it. It was purchased sight unseen, but it performs like crazy. She pays her rent, and uh, she's a great tenant. And I'm actually getting ready to renew her again. But um, we bought out of state because it was a little bit lower barrier of entry of a market uh, we could get in. And if I wanted, if I was going to fail, I would I wanted to fail small. I didn't want to go in and go in on a, a million dollar deal or Go risk fifty, hundred thousand dollars and potentially lose it all in whatever form that may happen. I wanted for a very first deal. I just if I was going to fail, I wanted to fail small. And it, but it's turned out to be a great investment for us. And I continue to look for more long term rentals that provide great cash flow. Um, we got into the short term rental market actually because we purchased a, a vacation home, and we decided we purchased a vacation home up in the mountains, up in the White Mountains of Arizona, and. We Decided, hey, if we're not using it, let's rent it out and make money. And it's it turned out to be a really, really good investment. It's almost doubled in value in a little over two and a half years. It provides us cash flow every single month. So we did the only logical thing and we went out and bought two more. Um, so those are all in the same complex. It's great. I'm throw a little plug in there easycabinescape.com. If anybody's looking for a rental up in the White Mountains, Heber Overgard area um but from the active investment side the kind of those dealing with tenants and guests i wouldn't change it i want to scale them both I, I like the way we went about doing it and i think it's worked out really well for us we're obviously growing into other things now with the commercial unit we're under contract on two more commercial units and the private notes that's just uh, private notes is just a, a nice way to make passive money Um, Again, without getting too niche into conversation, uh, we use a lot of self-directed IRA money for our uh, notes, um, and that's just because there's so many laws revolving around how that money can be used when I'm involved, and it's just easier. It's just easier to stay away from it let it be as passive as possible, but it really helps grow that portfolio for us
1: man i mean so much to dive into there potentially but you know we'll definitely have you on another show maybe talk self-directed money and and how to utilize some of that but i think you're 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 living proof of getting out there networking right finding deals leveraging other people's time and 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 money to you know manage some of your short-term rentals right like every single one of your investments you're you're doing something with but you really leveraging other people to do the bulk majority of the work, and then managing those individuals, right? Um, and then on the note Agreed. side, really just totally being passive and and letting someone else be able to manage those those assets and be able to provide you and your wife Brittany, you know, nice cas- uh, passive uh, income back monthly. So. Um, just really great, you know, and for the audience, if you have questions like reach out to me, reach out to Jason, we're happy to have more in depth conversations, but these are so individualized and personalized, we really wanted to just scratch the surface today of saying and educating that there's four different ways of really being able to bring in money. Um, through real estate investing and um, to know and get the basics of cash flow, qua- the cash flow quadrant, so you can learn more. And we'll do more episodes and more education on the future with it regarding the cash flow quadrant. Because obviously, my my whole business symbol and everything is based yep. on the cash flow quadrant. So I'm I'm a huge proponent of it, and I think it is the book to read for Rich Dad Poor Dad. Not the Purple Book. I mean, that's a great good book, but Cash Flow Quadrant really is the nuts and bolts of, of what an asset is and how to invest and, and why you should be looking to do these different types of investment vehicles. Um, now,
0: you're just, now you're just stealing my book recommendation here that we haven't even gotten ah, to yet.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, man. Well, you'll have to think of a new book. Hi, my name is Chris Hallam of Simplicity Lending Group and powered by Nexa Mortgage.
0: I'm a trusted and experienced loan officer who will work with you to find the best mortgage options for your needs from first-time homebuyers to experienced investors. I have a wide variety of loan options and competitive rates, which makes me the perfect choice for those who are in need of creative financing. Contact me today and take the first step towards financial stability.
1: All right, Jason, you ready for the hot seat?
0: I'm in the hot seat.
1: All right, man, well- Should've put uh, some
0: fire up here.
1: (laughs) Um. So we ask all our uh, all our guests uh, the same four final hot questions. So we'll start off with number one, Jason. What is one book you'd recommend to someone wanting to know more about real estate investing?
0: Uh, the whole episode, and you stole it from me a minute ago, but I'm going to say Cash Flow Quadrant. Um, I'll give you a, a answer 1.5 here in a second just to diversify that answer a little bit. Uh, but really, the, the Cash Flow Quadrant is such a powerful book. The, the purple book, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad is To me, it was a very uh, theory-based book and Cashflow Quadrant really took those theories and put it into practice. And um, I can't emphasize enough how much the Cashflow Quadrant has changed my perspective and the way I look at that.
1: All right, what's your favorite productivity tip or trick, maybe a tool or app that you use?
0: I actually have email accounts for everything. Um, Anything and everything that I do, different niches and stuff, I have a different email account for um, if you look on my phone, I've got probably about 15 different email accounts uh, linked to my phone. Uh, and what that does is it silos what I'm working on. I see people, see friends that they're on like 20 wholesale deals, but all those wholesale deals are intertwined in all of their other emails for their businesses and their personal stuff and, and everything. And I, a friend of mine uh, has currently has 23,000 unread messages in his inbox. And that just gives me a level of anxiety that I don't need in my life. So I separate it. It helps me focus. When I want to deal with cabin stuff, I'm focused on cabin stuff. I'm not getting distracted by uh, other real estate stuff or wholesale deals or other business things or bus stuff. When I've got bus stuff that I'm working on, that's what I'm focused on. So I can silo, uh, silo what I'm working on by... Uh, keeping those emails separate and it just helps me not get distracted.
1: The first time I heard this, I thought you were crazy, but then the more and more I've heard it <laughs> and you've talked about it, the you know, and I look at my own inbox and I have three or four, but um, you know, it's one of those things that I'm always like, oh, you know what? It would be nice if all these got siloed or like, hey, if I'm working with a VA, that hey, this is their email box that they get everything and they don't, I, I don't have to give them my own personal stuff. So, really yeah. good, good one for the audience. Jason, what's your biggest real estate mistake or failure and what did you learn from it?
0: I think everybody would say their biggest failure is not getting started sooner, wishing that they, they did. But um, kind of in that same realm, uh, we talked a little bit about self-directed IRAs earlier. Uh, when I left my W-2 and I transferred my uh, 401k into a self-directed IRA, it actually dragged um, my feet. I was not really certain that I wanted to do. I didn't fully understand it. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with the money. I didn't want it just sitting there. I felt safe to have it in a 401k. Um, Well, by the time that I actually finished the transfer process, the market had tanked about 10%. And so I lost about 10% of my 401k before I was ever able to get it into that self-directed IRA and start making money with it how I want to. Fortunately, by now, I've recouped most of that loss, if not more, um, but it really was uh, just... I. Wish I could go back and and do that a little bit sooner, get that money working for me a little bit sooner, how I want, and I be in a completely different position than I am now.
1: All right, and finally, if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be?
0: Whole point of this uh, uh, this at this whole podcast, helping others, helping others through real estate investing. I want to help uh, help others any way that I can, whether that's through financial education, real estate education, life education, connecting you with with resources connecting you with somebody that can meet your need if it's not me that can meet your need i want to put you in touch with somebody who can the power of of the networking and power of being able to solve problems uh for other people is is just so incredibly powerful um zig ziglar's infamous quote you'll get everything in life by helping others get everything they want in life uh there's so much truth to that and there's really a ripple effect to helping others you just the power of that can't be overstated
1: yeah man you, you you know we totally align on that and uh i think it's one of the reasons why why we connect so so easily and effortlessly um hot uh, REI community. If you want to connect with Jason, uh, the best place is online, either Facebook, LinkedIn, or bigger pockets will provide all his information in the show notes. And if you're in the Phoenix Metro area, uh, highly recommend his in-person monthly meetup, the freedom meetup that he and Jake Kane, uh, co-host together. Uh, it's a monthly meetup that brings together a lot of real estate investors. Uh, so hope to see you at one of his future events jason just dude thanks so much today had a good time uh it's a tough subject to kind of dive too deep into in just one episode of the cash flow quadrant um but definitely uh for the audience if you don't know about the cash flow quadrant pick up the book the robert kiyosaki book look into it there's a bunch of free resources online we'll continue to educate on the cash flow quadrant um and then again just the audience thank you guys so much for tuning in today and to commit commit to taking action this week to move your investing forward take care and god bless do it
0: thank you for listening to the hot real estate investing podcast check out our website hotrei.com for additional content and resources and please take a moment to subscribe and leave a review so we can continue to bring even more value to others through real estate investing